Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How's it going, brother? Good, Jeremy. How about you, man? You sound tired. I am tired. I am tired. You know, you keep me up past 10 o'clock, <laughs> 10 o'clock at night, and I'm done the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, you'll be walking downstairs sideways. Yeah. <laughs> Age will kill you. Well, I'll, I'll, I won't walk. I'll get one of those little chairs that ride up and down the stairs. <laughs> Wee. I remember Steph's parents, or not parents, Steph's grandparents put one in in their place. And this was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. So our kids were smaller. And then, you know, we'd have a little get together, family get together. And all the kids did the whole time was take turns riding up and down the stairs on this little chair. (laughs) Probably wore that thing out. (laughs) Burn it up before the warranties expired. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went camping last weekend because you guys it was, was a holiday in 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 America's Memorial Day. No, uh, Labor Day. Labor Day. Labor Day. I think that's what we call it too. Actually, we had a long weekend as well, and so we went up to Banff with a bunch of friends from our church. And it was fun. I didn't get eaten, so that's good. I always have this vision in my mind. I think when you're camping in the Rockies. Anybody in a sleeping bag is a human burrito yeah. for a bear. Yeah. But we were at the, it's called Tunnel Mountain. And it's a pretty big, like it's right by Banff. Like I think it's like two kilometers from Banff. And it's up a pretty steep hill. Well, I guess technically it's a mountain. But I don't know. I think there's like three, four hundred sites. So it's a big campground. So obviously with that kind of uh, stuff going on, bears aren't aren't too snooping around stuff but it was a lot of fun what have you been up to uh, nothing just dealing with stuff yeah yeah fun stuff been looking at been shopping for a uh trying to make a decision whether i was going to go with a mini excavator mm-hmm. or go a different route and I decided I was going to go a different route, and then you, then also, um, yesterday I got an email uh, with some used equipment prices from uh, a dealer, and I'm like, oh, you poo-poo heads, a nice uh, medium-houred Mini-X in, on there for... A decent price, and I probably might be able to deal with them a little bit. But I'm like, oh, you poopy heads! I just decided to go a different route. What but different route? Like, I get a a larger. Okay. Get just get a different tractor that's totally enclosed, more horsepower, and then try to instead of accomplishing what I need to accomplish with a mini excavator and how it works and the attachments available for it go the tractor route. Mm. Gotcha. 
Right on. So what are you going to do? You, you tempted? I'm probably going to get the tractor and then one or two things that I'll actually need a excavator for. I'll just rent. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When we um, bought our land and we're f- first out there, like out south of Strathmore, I bought a, I forget what it's called. Um, it was a case. I think it was a 450D. So it had the bucket on the front and then the, the back, the hole on the back of it. Yeah. And, and it was a tracked one. And I was going to dig out our basement and I did. <laughs> I, I dug out a basement for a house we didn't build. <laughs> and then I had to pay someone to build it back in. But man, that thing was so much fun. And ah, uh, I, I got it for a good deal. Like I remember I called the guy and he's like, okay, well, when can you come? He's, he said, I'm a first, first to pick it up, first gets it. And I said, well, I'll come right now. He goes, okay, because I got three people that are coming tomorrow. And I said, no, I'll jump in my car right now and I'll give you the money. And then I'll come, you know, tomorrow or later today with my truck and I'll get a trailer. I can't halt right now, but I'll do, no, I have to arrange someone to halt because I think it was like 12,000 pounds or something. Um, but yeah, so I literally woke up like eight in the morning. I saw the ad and by nine o'clock I was on the road with cash in hand. I went to the bank, got money out. And uh, no, no, I got a certified check once I got there. But I think I got it for 4000 bucks, which is a hot deal. And it was an older unit, but it worked good, ran good. And then I sold it for, I don't know, I think twice what I paid. But you look at stuff now, and <laughs> I mean, wow. You know, with all the stuff that's gone on, like, it's just crazy how expensive things are now. Like, I, I probably couldn't buy that thing for less than $12,000. It was about 10 years ago I paid four for it. It's crazy. Crazy. Like crazy. Yep. Oh. That is such an image. Um, okay, got a notification. Let's see what this says. Oh, yeah. There you go. Is that what you want to buy? No. I was wondering if that's the kind of case that you had. Yes. Mine was a 450. I don't know if it's a C. It might have been a C. Very, very, pretty much identical. Pretty much identical. Um, and then it was cool because the the hole on the back was detachable, and it had quick detach. Like it was old, old technology. It wasn't anything new, but you could take the hole off. It had the outriggers and stuff. You you put those down, but but but, and then I forget what it was. Some way you, you lift it or something, or you removed a couple pins and then you left the hydraulics on and then you just actuated the outriggers and it lifted the whole thing off of the tractor. But it was cool and it had two two different gear ranges with four four speeds in each gear range. But it was still slow, but it was cool, man. It was fun. I did a, I did quite a bit of maintenance to it. Like I had to replace a bunch of parts and stuff like that. But man, that thing, once you fired up, my neighbor, the guy who ended up building our house, he, when he was doing his house, he had a little bobcat there. And the spring that he was doing his excavation work, it was so wet. He got his bobcat stuck so many times. And he would have a, a pickup truck out there and then a pickup truck pulling a pickup truck pulling his bobcat. And it, like things were stuck, just royally stuck. And then he, I'd see him out there struggling and I'd just start this thing up. I drove, I was like, go on a pull. And it just, Man, that thing went anywhere. Could move any. It was a it was a great machine. Yeah, that's cool. 
That's pretty much it. And then I had the clamshell bucket on mine. And so they called it, sometimes people call it a four in one. And so, yeah, yeah, so it split in half. You could use it like a scraper in reverse. It was kind of cool because you could pick up a load of dirt. And then instead of tilting the bucket, you just open the middle up, just drop it right out the center. That was a fun old, man, you know, one of those things where I, I didn't use it and I had no need for it whatsoever. And I'm like. I noticed prices were climbing and I had lots of people, even guys that, um, the guys that were going to come the day after me that said, oh, I'll be there. And they end up, the guy who sold it gave my phone number to a bunch of people. <laughs> he said, well, this guy bought it. So call him if you're interested. And like a year later, I get a random phone call. I'm like, hello. I was like, yeah, hey, you're the guy that bought this case for 50. I'm like, why? He's like, well, I'm just curious if you are and if you still had it. And I'm like, yeah, I still have it. He's like, you're going to sell it? I'm like, not right now. But I, they're, every couple months, I get a phone call. Hey, you still got that thing? And so I ended up selling it to one of those guys. And he ended up, he came like eight hours. He was eight hours north of me. Came to pick it up for what I sold it to him for. But one of those things I look back, I'm like, oh, man, kind of wish I didn't sell it. At the same time, if you're just going to leave it sit there for four four years and not turn it on, it's going to rot into the ground. But so, so what are you thinking of getting something like this or the mini? Oh, no, I'm probably just going to get a bigger tractor than the one I have now. More horsepower enclosed. Um, that way I got heat and air. Um, Mm -hmm. it'll be, you know, more lift, better pull. Um, anyway. And what kind of work do you want to do this thing for? tractor work but you know i again you know four years ago i didn't know what i didn't know about what i was going to be doing the land this that and the other me um and if i did i would not have bought the tractor i bought Mm. i'd buy the one i'm gonna buy yeah so you know and i i did not I did not follow my own life advice on things, you know, like tools, you know, you name it. Yeah. Um, and if somebody were to ask me, hey, you know, I just bought, you know, 50 acres and I need a utility tractor. And this is what I'm thinking about. Buy, buy bigger than you think you need. Yeah. Because you do. Yeah. Trust me. Um, you're not going to be happy with uh, what you think you're going to be happy with. You're just not. Just like a, um, I was just talking with somebody recently that just listened to nothing but hype and invested a lot of their business loan money into buying uh, a bunch of tools. Mm-hmm. And they're incredibly regretful. And I'm like, but you know, I told you. Yeah, yeah. Don't buy what you hear you need. Think about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but oh man, that is nice. Yeah, I just sent you a picture. That, that that was the one I had, and that was with the hoe off it in the in the background to the right. You can see the hoe is sitting on the ground there. But yeah, four four thousand bucks bought that thing, and it was it was great. I liked it, and it was so simple. Like it it wasn't a turbo, so you know just a big old diesel and. But to work on that thing, man, is so easy. But 
good, uh, good fodder for people who can't see the pictures we're looking at. <laughs> oh, I got some. I got some. You ready to get political for a little bit? Yeah. Not soup. Not not crazy. It's not even opinion. Well, yeah, it is. Everything's opinionated. But um, so starting January first, twenty twenty four. No more WD forty or brake cleaning. <laughs> yes. I was gonna ask you about that. Yes. And the thing is, too, the way that it, the, the legislation is written, it could outlaw all hairsprays, cooking spray. Like, it's, it's all with those CFCs or whatever those things are, that the, the makeup aerosol cans. And by the way that they've written it, like, it could get rid of all aerosol sprays, all of them. And then you, when you look deeper into the way it's written, so they're not allowed to be used in Canada or sold. You can't sell them in Canada. You can manufacture them in Canada. You're allowed to ship them through. Like I could import WD-40 to sell outside of Canada. And that's fine. But I can't sell in Canada. And this was our Minister of Environmental... Now, can you um, go down to Montana, buy a truckload, and take it back for your own use? Possibly. I, I, it didn't, it, I couldn't find anything that's, that's very clear about that. Like use of them, I think is still allowed, but selling them is not, which is so stupid. But there, AVE was saying is you can still use them. So the, there's going to be a run on these things. They're probably yes. going to be selling at a hundred dollars a can, you know, between <laughs> now and December 31st, you know, you just wonder who has the market yeah. right now. Yeah. And then if you want to sell them, you can apply for some special permit that you have to pay for. Weird, right? Of course. And you know, it's funny is this is our minister. One, I hate the guy. He's an absolute dipshit. But he's a minister of, I don't know what the technical title is. And a minister, like, why, why is everybody to be a minister? You're not a minister. You're not that important. Don't, don't kid yourself. But of like environmental and climate change or something stupid like that and he comes up with this and it's like are you kidding me like okay first of all you're taxing us to bloody death <laughs> like this is a miserable country to live in at the moment how dare you no it's it's true compared to what it has been right like, i know i know i'm just oh man i mean i i, I don't want to when you say that you sound like you're spoiled. And this is still, I still have a lot of freedoms and I'm, there's way more places I'd rather not live. Well, no, cause they're taking away things that make no effing sense. That's the thing. That's exactly it. Like, Oh, you can't use brake link. Why? Well, it's killing the environment. Well, not as much as a bunch of other things. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that, so they're doing this in the name of, of global warming environmental protection and that's a global problem that's not a canada thing that's not like let's keep the streets in canada free of garbage that's like let's protect our environment and so in that sense then you shouldn't be allowed to transport it through the country you shouldn't be allowed to manufacture it here if you want to get rid of using that then you say nope nobody's using that like i could import it from china and sell it to america by the you know thousands of truckloads at a time and if it was in the name of that then i'm then that's still being used if you're protecting the environment you're not doing a thing 
But instead, they're like, oh, you can't sell it here in the name. This is stupid. It's like this stupid dipshit says, oh, you know what? We're going to impose this thing on Canadians for this global, in the name of a global problem. We haven't stopped any of the global problem. You know, like, it's so dumb. It's just, ugh. I'm so sick and tired. Yes. When there's a country on a continent somewhere in on Earth that you can pay, and then you pay to ship all of your tires there, mm-hmm. and they literally burn them, open pit burn them, yeah. <laughs> and it's a. At this point, they are saying, if they did for put another tire in and did nothing else to it. It'll burn for another 30 years. Really? And I can't wrap my head around that. And you can't even get a photo of it because, you know, for some reason, the Google Earth satellites won't take photos there. Yeah. I don't know. It's some sort of atmospheric issue. All the smoke from the tires burning. Saturn won't align, (laughs) you know. Yeah. It's like uh, some of the open pit mines in Canada won't show up anymore. Yeah. They do today. There was a time period when they would not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. That's crazy. But you know, the, the good thing is, like, I, I hope it goes through and I hope it goes through hard. I hope they get rid of hairsprays. I hope they get rid of cooking sprays. I hope they get rid of all aerosol cans. Like, you can't even buy spray paint. And the only reason I hope that is because that is just one more nail in the coffin of the liberal government that's currently in position. You know, there's a poll done and like Justin Trudeau's ratings are just tanking. Like, so I went and bought uh, four liters of milk, one gallon of milk, and it was like $6.50. I'm like, oh man, that's expensive. Like you can't, you can't turn your head and get a thing without spending 30 to $40 where five years ago, it was like five bucks, 10 bucks. Like it's the cost of living is outrageous. And you know what? You can, you can say all the things you want and it doesn't matter how woke, how liberal, how whatever you think you, when you start really touching people's wallets, you know, my dad always used to say this expression and it's true. It's like, you never know a man until you touch his wallet. And Justin Trudeau can win all the popularity contests because he's a drama teacher, nothing more, maybe a little bit less, but he's a drama teacher and he can get on TV and give a speech where he's motivating the new generations and cool. Now all of a sudden take all their money from them, tax them to bloody hell and see how much they like you. And now, (laughs) oh, Canadians, you cannot be trusted with plastic straws. You're going to get paper straws. <laughs> this from the well, guy who, who lied on public tel- on national television saying that his family doesn't use plastic water bottles. They use paper water boxes, <laughs> which well, didn't exist. I, I don't want to disagree with you, but I'm going to. Okay. If you're stupid enough to like, Justin Trudeau and think he's all that in a bag of chips and he's the answer for Canada Mm -hmm. and you continue to let him get away with what he got away with. And then you continue to vote for him. 
you're going to believe anything he says, when he, including when he says, look, I don't want to take your money, but I'm going to. But it's because of those right-wing guys. And, and they're going to believe it. Yeah, that's been going on up until now. But people are waking up around here. Like, it, it's true. Well, I don't like, think enough of them. No, I, th- I think there's a big shift here. In the last six months, I've noticed a change in the in people's ideals. Even with the different media reporting on things, there's stories in the news that have never been in the news before. And it's because they say one in five Canadian families is is skipping meals right now because they don't have the money to eat three meals a day. Now, I don't know, but whatever. Like, the polls are polls and they're not perfect. But... um. Things are harsh around here. Like they they just are. And like right now, I'm noticing a massive separation. And it, like right in the last like year or two, I've noticed this whole concept of middle class is disappearing. Well, they've been trying to do that for 200 years. Yeah. But you know what? The, the, the environment that we're in right now in Canada is the perfect way to do it. Like there's so I've seen a huge increase in really high end luxury vehicles, right? And those are the rich people and they're just, they're getting richer and richer and richer. And it's, it's like, there's either a beautiful Mercedes, BMW, Land Rover, or junky vehicles that have been brought back from the dead. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird here, man. Like, it's crazy. You know, like, and then we're, I don't think Canada has ever been this bad as, as it's ever been in my lifetime. I've never seen it like this. But I also have never seen so many people more ticked off and frustrated. Because the thing is, if you choke people off for long enough and you say, hey, listen, I'm going to strangle you through your wallet. They will put up with it for a while. And once they realize, wait a minute, this sucks. This is stupid. I'm done. Like... They said that if Trudeau's ratings go the way they've been going for last year for one more month, that that deficit between the you know the the one government and the opposition government that has never ever been recovered from in Can- Canadian political history. Like the Conservatives are getting more popular, we've got a good leader that Pierre Polyev. He's a pretty good down to earth guy, and well, I say I hope he stays that way. He won't. Pol- politicians. <laughs> You take the best man in the world, you throw him in politics. He's a different person at the other end of it. But right now, he's he, he he's got a French sounding name. Like he's born in Alberta. He speaks French, and so he's and he's looks just you know just enough that he's gonna appease a lot of people. And he's really big on listen. We need to make this the most prosperous country. We need affordability. We need people to be able to to work their jobs and enjoy a vacation and. Man, it's, I think it's good. I think this is like, I think we're witnessing the downward spiral of Justine Trudy, the great princess of the great white north. That's what I think. I think he's done. His goose has been cooked and it's burnt. Just like his father. Like his dad brought in all this stupid stuff and just ruined the country and then conservative governments have to fix everything. And I'll never forget the image that I saw. Well, I didn't see it. I wasn't alive then. But I saw the, the video. Maybe I was alive then. I don't know when it happened. But I've seen the video of, of Pierre Trudeau coming through Alberta. 
and Albertas were protesting him, and he stuck his head and his hand out the window of the train and just gave a middle finger. <laughs> and Justin Trudeau <laughs> sitting right beside him. <laughs> like, that is what you call leadership. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, can you blame him a little bit? What's that? I mean, if you're in his shoes, do you blame him? Whose shoes? Pierre. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know. I know. It's kind of well, like. you hate me? I'm the leader of this country and you hate me? Well, yeah. here, this is what I think of you people. But what he doesn't realize and what nobody in his position realizes is that's, they don't care. They don't like you because of everything that you've done. Not, you know, it. they don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know. It's not a personal thing. I simply do not get it. And I have never seen, outside of France or Italy, a, a national leader that looks more like a old-school movie mobster than Pierre Trudeau did. Yeah, yeah. And you look at him and you just think he's going to be like, hey, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. <clears throat> I call this country right now that I live in Venezuela. <laughs> no, it's true. Like I, I lived in Venezuela before it went down and I see the things that are happening. Things that are happening here are exactly what happened there before they went down. And, um, well, even like if like, he's got to go, like you can't share news stories on Facebook or Instagram. I can't talk about the news because my government says I can't. That is terrifying, like just terrifying. And all I say to these governments, let's go. Okay, especially the Canadian government. <laughs> like, your military against our civil militia. Let's go. <laughs> you don't stand a chance. I don't know. I just hope, I, I hope all the uh, more, you know, you get these people with purple hair and blue hair and all this I, I'm a boy that identifies whoever want these people that won't accept reality for reality. They're starting to not be able to afford to live the life they want. And that's a good thing because the reason for that is the liberal government. You know, they can't, they can't buy like three Starbucks drinks a day because they're paying like, like, oh, let's do a carbon tax on everything. <clears throat> so we have carbon tax on all the fuel. So now the farmer in his tractor, when he plants the seed, he's paying carbon tax. When he harvests the, the plants, it's carbon tax. When he transports it to wherever, it's carbon tax. When the train ship it to the processing, it's carbon tax. Once it's been processed and turned into food, and it's shipped to your grocery store, that's carbon tax. And you're paying a carbon tax to drive there and pick it up. Next thing you know, a loaf of bread costs $24. Like that. I, honestly, I would not be surprised if within the next year, a loaf of bread is 20 bucks. At the rate things are going. Like, it's just so stupid. So stupid. Oh, I can do you one better. Can you? Yeah, I heard, you know, um, somebody who works for somebody who's in politics, right? At the national level. So, a congressional aide I heard from said that they are literally and have been for some time, but right now is a key time to try to get it. They want 
you know, because the prices are so high and there's been for about a decade such a uh, movement to go back to growing your own food, making your own stuff, right? So if you buy chickens just so you can have eggs every morning because you don't want to go to a store and buy processed eggs and whatever, whatever, well, they're losing revenue on those eggs, Mm -hmm. tax revenue. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to tax your chickens. Oh, wow. When they make eggs. <laughs> We're going to tax your cows or goats or whatever it is you milk to put all in your tea or your coffee or your cereal. Wow. We're going to tax that per gallon. Yeah. Um, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Oh, and your food. Sorry. Yeah. You, you, you have a garden? Oh, you know, screw you. Pay me. Yeah. Uh, I'm like. That'll go over. Tax of bullets that I put into my gun <laughs> to fight for my life. Nah, but, this one's free. It's on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's crazy. So, do you ever, um, you ever heard of, you ever watch uh, Mr. Pete on YouTube? Tubalcane. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you happen to see last night's video, the morbid one about no, him having COVID? No, I don't. I have. I know he used to comment on a lot of my videos, mm-hmm. and he was rude in the comment section. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, and you know what? No, he a lot knows. Of times his... he comes off rude. It's not really <clears throat> yeah. rude. It's humor. It's yeah. More, it's anyway. No, he I don't. I don't, video. don't watch this video, but I know who he is. He's on day eight or nine of COVID, um, and he starts it off with saying he wants to die. Oh, okay, it's all a. <laughs> he's being funny, right? Yeah. But then he goes into, um, you know, and because of Doctor Mangala. Oh, I mean, oh, that was a Freudian slip. Sorry, sorry. You know, the greatly respected, you know, David Fauci. Um, you know, he was vaccinated because he's old, and. You know, got COVID anyway. But, yeah. you know, maybe it's not as bad as it would have been. I don't know. But anyway, um, he gets on to uh, a tangent about he saw, because he doesn't watch news anymore but once a week. Mm-hmm. And then he was watching the news. And a, a uh, very particular Canadian shop teacher is back in the news. Mm-hmm. And he went off about mental health and the trans community. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is classic. Hmm. I hardly ever like a video um, of his or, you know, a lot of, I heard there's like, I'll drop a like on all of yours. Um, probably most of Dirt Perfects and Cutting Edge, um, Cutting, cutting Edge Engineering Australia. Uh, I do uh, most of Kurt's videos. But other than that, you know, I had to, oh, uh, maybe I should like this. Because I just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't comment at all because I'm watching on my TV. Yeah, and yeah. there's no comment. Um, there's no way to comment without watching it twice. And very few videos are worth that, unless I'm poking fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Anyway, but I had to like that because he was like, you know, the 
you know, and because this freak um, with it's this enormous breasted freak man uh, has all the rights in the classroom, you know, mm-hmm. the kids, the school have none, none yeah. whatsoever. He said, what, what needs to happen and what those kids have a right to is make that teacher stand there, line those kids up, give them all wet sugar cane uh, poles and just beat him. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm with you. Yep. Cause I've seen a couple of interviews with that guy, even though it made me want to bomb it. Um, I don't know how you do that unless you're mentally ill mm-hmm. because you can tell he's doing it for the attention. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to wear sheer shirts that they can see through and nothing you can do. Yeah. Oh, really? <clears throat> I'm surprised some Canadian parent hasn't put you in your, you know, a bullet in your head. Yeah. I don't advocate that, but I'm surprised it hasn't happened. Yeah. I don't necessarily advocate it, but I, <laughs> I don't necessarily don't advocate it. Like, ugh. Enough is enough. Like, we you need to what? stop. Right. I have no skin in this fight. I don't have a kid in that school. I'm not Canadian. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we just need to get, like, yep. stop this nonsense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is officially the last episode of Can-Am Soup. Nah, nah, canceled. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they cancel us. This will be the least of their problems. That's for darn they sure. They would come to my house and confiscate my equipment. Yeah. Oh, good luck, hey? <laughs> so here's the deal. You, you just leave me alone. That's that's all you need to know. If you're going to come piss around here, it will not go well for you. Your life will be hard. And it, Nope. Yep. Um, nope. It will not. Yep. Because I, I, I know a... a just retired state trooper. And I was talking to him. I think I've talked to him two or three times. And um, he was saying to his own people, his own people, the cops. He's like, you know, one of the reasons I retired when I did is I just can't stomach this stuff anymore. We're overreaching. We're not serving the people anymore. Um, you know, the, the, every, the the law enforcement community has just been tipped on its head hmm. over the decades. I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I said, and if I ever, I don't plan to, but if I ever do anything, or if anybody f- makes you think I've done anything, and you want to come to my home, you better have a warrant. Mm-hmm. And you better knock politely. Because if you do anything other than those things, the first two or three of you that come try to come through that door are going to meet your maker. <laughs> he says, because I cannot stand it. <laughs> In fact, he was uh, he was put on admin duty because he refused uh, to do no-not warrants anymore. Oh, wow. Because he's like, there's no reason. None. Mm-hmm. Not in 2023. Yeah. You know, there probably wasn't reason back in 1993, but there's no reason. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to chase these people through the middle of town Causing grief to everybody. If you know who the person is. Yeah. If you know who they are. And they're not waving a gun around. Mm-hmm. Um, That's crazy. 
you know, because you can get them tomorrow. Yep. It's generally what happens is if I'm chasing you now, instead of continuing the chase, putting civilians in danger, get him tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, no kidding, eh? And then, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Like a guy in, uh, I forgot where it was. <clears throat> he was holding up a sign. Uh, he was doing everything legally. He was holding up a sign that says, you know, caution, radar ahead. He was, um, <laughs> you know, telling the oncoming traffic that there was a speed trap. Yeah. Pull over and give that guy a $5 he's tip. He's against those things. Yeah. I'm sorry? I'd, I would have pulled over and give him a $5 tip. So thank you, bu- thank you buddy. <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah. But anyway, the cops came. Um, they accused him of doing stuff he wasn't doing, tore up his sign. Um, and then made him leave. And as he was leaving, he stuck his finger out the window, just one of them, mm-hmm. and waved at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they chased him down at over 100 miles an hour. Not him, the cops. Yeah. Um, he was just going about his business. They chased him down at over 100 miles an hour and said, we are going to give you a ticket for an improper hand signal, hand turn signal. Oh, wow. No, I was flipping you off because you were breaking the law. Nope, 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 nope. Hmm. Um, they contacted a supervisor. While they were at the scene, the supervisor told them that ticket will not fly. It will be thrown out. They did it anyway. Uh, they threatened to take away his kid, call social services, do all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he just won $50,000 in a lawsuit hmm. because everything they did that day was against the rules mm-hmm. and the law. Mm-hmm. And Holding see, up a sign, perfectly legal, and it's protected under the First Amendment. There's actually a case law on this very subject. Um, and then when they took it from him, they ripped it out of his hand. That's burglary. Um, all kinds of anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. and, and if it was me, if I was the one making the decisions, those two cops would be in jail. Yes, and that's what should happen. Like it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Should be none of this um, qualified immunity BS. Yeah. Uh, period. If you are, uh, there just shouldn't be. Period. Yeah. If you do, you know. And I'm also one hundred and fifty thousand percent against any law enforcement being able to lie mm-hmm. or commit any kind of crime. Generally, mm-hmm. in almost every circumstance, the only exception is, um, like, if there's an active terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're dealing with a foreign national, like, uh, what's the Canadian version of, like, our FBI? Um, Does the RCMP do that stuff, too? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, let's say you have a... You know, a national police force that does cybersecurity and tracks down, you know, internet fraud. Yeah. And there's some people in in a country that's not Canada, and they're, you know, ripping off Canadians through the internet. Well, I don't have a problem with that law enforcement agency hacking the bad guys and tearing up all their stuff, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Because yeah. they're not doing it to Canadians. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it against criminals. Now, I do believe that they would have to show, beyond a reasonable doubt, that, yeah, these were the guys. They were committing crimes against Canadians. So we didn't uh, hack all their stuff and caught their server farm on fire. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No problem with that. Yeah. But when you're dealing with, uh, you know, and when in any American police force at any level, you're dealing with an American citizen, they should be 150% above, uh, above board, above reproach, yeah. period. Yeah. And, and even yes, sir, no, sir. Three yeah. bags full, sir. And at the very minimum, their job is over. Like it's, oh, sorry, you're fired. You will never get a job in this role oh, no. again. If you commit a crime doing that, you're you're arrested, you're charged with the same crime a civilian would get, and you move on mm-hmm. during the through the process. Mm-hmm. We don't hide it and we don't let you go to Omaha and get a job there so you can exactly. do the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. It's a crazy I am world. Way too passionate on that subject. Yeah. And I won't I can't give any details on it, but I know a federal law enforcement officer who's hopped around from job to job, both state and federal. I think he the last as of twenty eighteen, I know he was on his fifth job. Oh wow. He's a serial rapist. Really? I know this for a fact, not that he raped me, but um, there's evidence that shows <laughs> beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's in-cam car video oh, wow. of him doing it. Yeah. And it's been uh, covered up. Huh. It has been covered up. And a the sleaziest person beyond that guy that I've seen was his boss at one of the federal law enforcement agencies, the director of that agency said, yeah, you know, he shouldn't have done that. It's a crime. It's disgusting. But he did it to a criminal. Hmm. But he did it to a criminal. She got what she deserved. Wow. No, she didn't. What she deserved from law enforcement is to be investigated, then arrested, then safely taken to lock up and to court and to serve whatever punishment or none that the jury found fit to give her. Mm -hmm. You know, that that guy should have it cut off Mm -hmm. castrated, and put in prison. Yep. Where his name should be Sue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's, it is that thing with dirt and dirt and dirt on people. Um, so my dad was a teacher at SAIT and the head of the millwright department was having an affair and there's a, a teacher that was there, his name is Ian, and he caught this guy having an affair with his secretary, like old school in the office, right? And oh, all of a sudden, as long as Ian doesn't say anything, Ian can do anything he wants. And the head of the millwright department, his name is Peter, and... He was there when my dad was an instructor and then my dad had, you know, moved on, started, well, got full time with his business and yada, yada. And then I come in and I'm doing my millwright apprenticeship and lo and behold. And so when, when my dad was an instructor, I would go to work with him a lot. Like he'd have to do stuff in the evenings. And so I would go and I would play in the shop. And so I literally had this, this technical institution 
machine shop, welding shop for, for my playground. And it was fantastic. I used to fly myself with a crane. We had the overhead gantry crane, and I'd hook myself up to my belt loop. <laughs> and I'd fly myself all over the place. But anyways, I go to school, and Peter Bag is still the head of the millwright department. And I get Ian. Well, I said his last name, but that's fine. Um, I get Ian, I won't say his last name, as one of my instructors for the engineering and blueprinting. That's a, like That was one of the courses that we had. So we had to learn how to read drawings, how to make isometric drawings that were to scale so you could like make a draw to flange by hand and hand it to a machinist and he would give you exactly what you need. And anyways, Ian never showed up. Never did. He, he had a fake injury that he collected work, workers' compensation on. And I remember one time, we, my dad and I were going up the stairs, and this was at the second campus of SAIT, and Ian was late for a class, and he was literally running down the stairs. And all of a sudden, he saw us, and he stopped, and he, he put his cane in, and he started limping down the stairs again. <laughs> and uh, one time, he actually had, uh, he had, this was pretty serious, he had a brain aneurysm, and the, the guys, he always talked about, like, when you're machine, he was a machinist. And this is how bad it gets. He was a machinist and they were minimizing the machining department because it, you know, it's been dwindling like manual machining since the 60s. It's been going away. And so he would do machining classes. And he always talked about when you're really close to the chuck with a cutter. And he'd always say your sphincter goes this small. And he'd always take his fingers and like pinch, <laughs> you know, pinch his thumb and his index finger. Always. And he thought it was so funny. Oh, your sphincter's getting this small because you're so nervous. He had a brain aneurysm. And the students that were in his classroom, they moved, they painted white around his body, a white around his cane, and then they moved him and they spray painted his sphincter on this white outline. Then they took his cane, they hung it on the on the crane, lifted it all the way to the top, called 911 and left. Not joking. That's how hated this guy is. He literally is, barely made it. Hilarious thing. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, that was a couple years before I was in school. And then I'm in school and he never shows up, never shows up. And they came in and, you know, he, I think he taught like three or four of the classes. And he knew me like, he's like, oh, Jeremy, interesting to see you here, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, then they brought us in. They said, well, because none of you have had enough hours to technically pass this course, we're going to skip the final exam and we're going to give you a class average and it's just going to be averaged out. And I said, no, I'm not accepting that. So I've, I've been trying really hard. I've been doing these lessons, even though like our teacher isn't here, like we'll just sit in class and we had the outline. And so I was like, well, we're supposed to work on this and I would do it. And I did all my assignments and they said, no, we're not going to do that. I said, no, you're, you're going to give me my mark. I will not accept the mark with these clowns that don't do anything. And uh, I said this in classroom, and obviously I was really popular with all my other students. And uh, they said, no, sorry, it's how it is. I said, you get the head of the military department in here right now. I said, right now. And then I went and told a couple of my buddies, I said, listen, here's the deal. Peter Bag had an affair years ago, and Ian Wayman caught him, and now Ian Wayman can't get fired. And I said, we're going to write a letter to the dean. And I told my current teacher, the one who's kind of substituting, he goes, are you serious? I'm like, yes, that's a fact. That's exactly what happened. And so the, 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 the teacher that was kind of babysitting us, he brought in Ian Wayman, or no, oh, I said his name. Well, it doesn't matter. He brought in Peter Bag, and I stood up, and I was about in the middle of the classroom. I said, Peter Bag, 
I said, what has happened here has gone on long enough. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, you let Ian get away with anything he wants and you always have ever since he caught you. And he, his eyes and his face just changed. And I said, I will not accept an average, a class average mark as my mark. I have my assignments. I'm handing them in. You tell me to who I hand them into. They will mark them and I will get the mark that I've earned. And he said, no, we're not doing that. I said, really? I said, Peter, do you want me to call your wife and tell you what happened years ago? And he says, we'll deal with this later. He left the room and we all got our own individual marks. <laughs> But that's how it is with like, just think about these sheriffs and politics. That's how it is. You get dirt on someone. Oh, now I own you. Right. And, and it's not so much that most of the time it's the agency's reputation. Yeah. They don't look at it as, you know, we we police our own. We found a bad cop in the, you know, Fusk County agency and we busted them and kicked them out. No, they think that gives them a bad name. Yeah. You know, We've never had a bad cop. You know, we've yeah. never um, fired a bad cop. They're no, afraid to be human. Leave. Yeah. You know? like everybody makes because mistakes. because they're afraid of unions too, as much as anything, because, you know, unions will sue the pants off of them. Yeah. Even if they're wrong, you know. Yeah. But isn't that hilarious with that teacher and the, his brain aneurysm and they outlined his body? Wow. I was about to say, you know, when you said your, your classmates didn't care for you at that point. I was going to say, as long as you don't have an aneurysm in class, you, you know, you're pretty much safe. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but anyways, we, so we all wrote letters to the Dean and I actually told them what happened like way back in the day. And Ian got fired uh, from a, a whole thing that I led. We had 17 uh, letters written to the Dean of Sate and yep. He finally, finally got, and I remember I came back and I told my dad, I said, Ian's fired. He said, no, he's not. He's, they'll never get fired. I said, nope, got him fired. I and it was my personal vendetta to get that guy gone. Cause I, you know what, when I, when I was a kid going in with my dad, my dad would write lessons for the entire year. And you know, it's, it's not like this is like, it's not like it's a government, like, like a federal thing where it's like, these are the textbooks. These are this it's, it's, Essentially, it's a local institution. They're like, let's try and teach these trades as good as we can. And we'll see if we can work with manufacturers, with different you know brands, technologies to get the latest and the greatest technology to teach. But ultimately, it was like, okay, you're a millwright. Okay, write a curriculum about being a good millwright. And, if, and, and they would get the different, okay, I always worked on compressors. So, okay, why don't you do the compressor package? Natural gas compressors, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I work on engines. Okay, you, oh, you, you three guys, you guys all know different engines. Why don't you guys come together? And so it was kind of, it was all homegrown stuff, right? And my dad would put together curriculum. Like he'd write entire lesson plans for like three months of school. And Ian would come along and he'd take White out and take Jim, Jim Gertz off. And he'd write Ian. He'd write his name on it. And my dad said, listen, I don't mind you using my stuff, but my name stays. I made this curriculum. I wrote this lesson. Like, I don't care. You can use it all you want, but you do not erase my name and put your name on there. You don't take credit for work I do. And he just kept constantly doing it. That's just who he was, an absolute shyster. Like, if you want to talk about the greasiest, like, lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut, used car salesman slime ball piece of garbage, this guy was about 10 times worse than that. Oh, he's bad. And you know what makes it even worse? 
I, I missed this. I skipped this part, but when, so he was a ma manual machinist. Well, I talked about that and the machine was dying. They're closing down the machine. They're downsizing the machinist department. And he was given notice that he's going to be laid off. It's like, we don't have, you know, your position is disappearing. And because he was friends with Peter Bag and had this dirt, he said, well, listen, if I challenge all the millwright tests, can I be a millwright instructor? And he said, sure. And so he challenged the test, passed them. Because, I mean, you know, if you understand mechanical things, you can pass the test. Got his journeyman millwright certification without having ever been employed as a millwright in his life. And I even brought that up in class to Peter Bag. I said, is it true? Tell me fact of the matter. Has Ian ever been employed as a millwright except for this here school? And I told the, I told the entire class, I said, no, he challenged the tests and then he got this. You gave him this job because he was fired as a machinist instructor back in like 80, whatever it was. I said, let's get this straight. We're being taught how to be a millwright by someone who's never been a millwright. And oh yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. He gone. It's crazy, right? Like one person gets a little bit of dirt on somebody and next thing you know, you've got generations of people who are suffering and getting a sub subpar education from some piece of trash well yeah uh, yeah yeah well you know those there's an old saying and i've expanded on it you know those that can't do teach <laughs> those that can't teach right yeah um make the laws yeah those that can't even make the laws talk about it on youtube <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's right that's funny oh yeah and i because that's something else that get, really gets my goat is most of the professors in uh universities public universities are they've never done what they're teaching mm -hmm. they go from you know graduate school or from undergrad to graduate school um, they become like teachers' aides and then teachers. I mean, really? Mm -hmm. You have no grasp of what it is you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it always reminds me of, um, well, Stefan, have you ever heard of the show Community? Yeah. It's about community college. Have you ever watched it? Yeah. No. So Stefan and I, we, we'll watch it sometimes. Sometimes like you, when you want something that's just kind of like, okay, this is a mindless show we'll watch that sometimes and it like the dean there he's just absolutely <laughs> useless to it and it's like that's yeah, true it's kind of how a lot of schools are it's just almost a joke but yeah 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 oh dude so it's like when i got up this morning it was five degrees celsius which is like 43 or something i don't know but it is feeling like fall here um, in the mornings, it's feeling like that here, but then it's, you know, still 85 in the afternoon. Oh, wow. You know, we're hitting, I think we're only like, like 20 degrees or something. I don't know what that is. Maybe 70 something, but it's Question. weird. What's that? Question. Mm -hmm. Think back, if you will, um, well, when you were working in the middle of nowhere on the pipeline or whatever. What, you know wherever you work. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, you know, you were in places that had no, like, um, cell service, no TV, no satellite, nothing. Mm -hmm. What do they use for telephones that are not sat phones? 
I've never, I've never worked that remote. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I got wonder if you knew. No. Landlines. <laughs> I mean. No, because they, they, there's no electricity, no plumbing, no nothing, but they have a landline telephone. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. All you when, need is four wires. Yeah. I know that always. You just roll that out on the ground. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, that always perplexed me too. Because like our, this was before, you know, before a phone ever had any type of a digital screen. And you just plug it in. I'm like, this is weird. There's no power to this device. And then we'd get a new phone. And my parents were like, here, you can dis- dissect this one. And I'd take it apart and play with the speaker and blah, 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 blah. And then I remember the first time there's ever a screen on, on a phone because you got a caller ID. And then it's like, oh, well, we don't have an outlet near our, our phone jack. So I guess we can't get one of those phones. Or we have to run a cable across the wall. But yeah, it's interesting. Interesting to think about. But, you know, I, I never, <clears throat> never really worked remote at all. I just, I was always in airports, so it's generally a metropolitan, big city, big enough to have an airport, or somewhere in Alaska or Montana. <laughs> yeah, when I've worked rem- like remote places, um, there we had like state-of-the-art communication, you know, remote communications. So, mm-hmm. like, one of the first things that gets there is this, you know, trailer that they unfold it, and it's a giant satellite dish. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it's so funny, too, because, you know, that stuff works, and it's incredibly simple how it does it in reality. Um, because like one of the places I went, they were still, and this was a long time ago, um, 1989, uh, they were still using, uh, microwave antennas. Hmm. So just saying. That's crazy. But you get there, you know, you know, undo the trailer, um, mark your little do not stand here area. Uh, if you ever want kids or your yeah. liver yeah and uh hmm. but, you know yeah that's cool and i was telling um steph and i were talking about while we were camping like so part of this campground that we were in some of it has good cell service some of it doesn't and literally you can move 50 feet and you're perfect everything's great and then you can you know you move back and there's nothing and then the kids were like, why? This is so dumb. Like, why doesn't this work? And I was like, I remember when I was like starting my career, when I first had an office job and I was going to meetings all over all over North America. And I remember going to Fry's Electronics in California and I bought a Wi-Fi card. Because you remember they had the cards used to slide into your laptop. Oh, yeah. And I got a Wi-Fi card and I was sitting in Burbank Airport and... I haven't been to Burbank for like 20 years, but at the time it was pretty podunk. Like it was a, it felt like someone's living room. Like it was not a nice fancy airport, but it's great because you could get into, you know, the heart of the city and there's, you know, 10, 10, 10 steps and you're on a street basically. And, um, I remember like trying to figure out how to hook up Wi-Fi, And then I found out this computer wouldn't support Wi-Fi, And then I got a new computer and all of a sudden I had Wi-Fi. I'm like, what? 
I am literally sending an email without anything connected to my computer. This is crazy. And I came back from that trip and I was telling all these people, I literally sent that email I sent to you. I wasn't plugged into anything. And they're like, no. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, that wasn't that long ago, you know? And now we've got like our watches telling us what to do. And it's just crazy how fast, fast technology moves. It's nuts. So, and then we're in a campground and we don't have a, a, a 5G signal. It's like, uh oh, what are we going to do? People can't get a hold of me. I can't check what's going on, you know? Crazy. And, you know, I, I just have to walk out in my front yard and I'm completely cut off from the rest of the world. There you go. We have no cell here. No. Yeah. And even though I have, you know, fiber optic internet, you know, the Wi Fi signal isn't all that. In a bag of chips. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I was playing with, like, it just blows me away like this. So this, the the new laser I got, the Laser Pecker, their app is better than their desktop software. So their creative space that I put on my on my MacBook, it's, I can't use a rotary with it. And it's just kind of clunky. And then with the app, it is just way more intuitive it's way better thought out and um it's just so weird like i i turn it on and boom i just start cutting things with lasers it's crazy i was actually half tempted to bring it camping (laughs) because so we were in a tent because we don't have an rv and um but everything's full power full hookups pretty hard to get these sites some friends of ours got them and then they just order a whole bunch of extras and then say, Hey, you guys want to come? If not, we'll put them back in. But, um, I was like, it'd be hilarious to sit there camping in the Rocky mountains. And then being like, anybody want me to laser engrave anything for you? <laughs> Do it for free. Let's just, let's personalize, you know, but I, uh, the, they got a uh, new, a uh, new head from X tool came in yesterday. And this is the infrared laser. Um, but the laser pecker is nice cause it has them both and you don't have to swap them out. But the infrared laser, that thing is amazing. Like it's only a two watt, but it, it does such clean etching and engraving. Like, man, I don't know if I own anything that I haven't engraved yet. <laughs> like it is getting out of control. I wonder if I can do this, do it. I wonder if I can do this. Let's do it. That's crazy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, even like, so like I have a, on my Apple Watch, I have a silicone band. So it's like, there's no clasps or anything, no buckles. It's just slip it on, slip it off. And I like that. It's simple. Um, And man, I got these settings dialed and I just, you can just etch anything you want in it. And it does a perfect, like I put a square and compass on this and uh, with a G in the middle. And it looks like, it's just... I just choose the highest resolution and you can see the little graduations on the square. Like it's crazy. Technology is just insane. And I always think, okay, this is what we have access to right now for a very affordable. You think what this thing does, it's not, not that expensive. Like what is actually being developed right now? That's what's crazy to think about. Or maybe it's like, oh, we've come to a plateau. And it's going to be like another 200 years before, before we get big advancements again. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Because I think a lot of it depends upon 
our ability to manufacture, uh, as our relations with, you know, certain red countries uh, mm-hmm. continue to be strained. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, such a photo, um, and uh, related to that photo, I had sent you a text a while back uh, during the week one day about some guy mm-hmm. who decided, you know, he wanted to, you know, take the man bun and marry it to a mullet. Is this, where did you see this? On TV. Oh my word. But he's a real guy. Wow. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm not, I do not understand. The mullet, well, I mean, my oldest son has a mullet right now and he loves it. <laughs> it looks kind of cool. Like I, I And I will tell you, if it's not in a man bun, because this guy, part of what he was talking about was something that happened in the past and he had pictures of himself. At a nightclub, right? Mm-hmm. No man bun, and he had the sides of that completely shaved, you know. You know, so, and it was down. You know, the long part of it was down, so it didn't look bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't look bad. Don't pull it back like that. Yeah. Don't make it look like a man bun mullet. I don't get man buns. I don't get them. Like, well, it's strange that you should say that because I don't get them either. But I did find out where they came from. Was it like samurais or something? Or Oh, no. I just sent you that picture, too. Um, historical proof of where they came from. That was the, the genesis of man buns. Okay. I'm waiting for it to come through here. It's from onions, wasn't it? <laughs> onions sticking out of the ground and someone... <laughs> come on, internet. Talk about how amazing it is, and now I can't receive a text. It's not coming through. It came through, but I can't open uh, this attachment. Come on, seriously. You know, I've never had this before because it's got, it looks like a document with uh, the right corner, like ear, dog eared over. And then as the image file and then dot H-E-I-C. And it's just got a big question mark on it. That is weird. Uh, oop. Yeah. That is so weird. Okay, I just sent you one. That's what my screen looks like. Interesting podcast for those <laughs> listening. Did that come through yet? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I wonder if we're not allowed to see that in Canada or something like that, maybe. I wonder if you hit the download. Will it download? No, it won't do anything. I, I okay. pressed that, yeah. Weird. Well, that just sucks. Yeah. You could email it to me. But anyways, I wonder I wonder if anybody's listening at this point. <laughs> like texting pictures back and forth and then waiting for them yeah. to download. Good times right there. Absolutely. Right on. Well, I should probably get to work. 
Oh, right now, one thing I was going to say, not, not super exciting, but I'm putting in a tankless water heater in the shop right now. So my dad bought one for his hang. I, I never had hot water in the shop, and it, I'm kind of like, eh, I can get by without it. It's not, not really important. Our hot water tank that was in there was completely rotten out, and so I just deleted it and capped the gas off. But then my dad bought a ream tankless water heater for his hangar in BC, but he doesn't have the power enough to you need two 40 amp breakers to feed it and he doesn't have that in his hangar it's pretty low service and so he brought he's like here you want this i'm like sure and i was like in beginning of summer and i was like you know what might be kind of nice to have some hot water here soon and so i I put that in i've got it all plumbed in i turned the the water's pressurized and it's not leaking and i went to run my electrical and i bought the wrong breakers so I need to go get two different 40 amp square D breakers and wire them in and then all of it. instant hot water for the shop. And I think that's the best too. Cause like when off, like in a shop, you don't need hot water often. So why, you know, if you're not using it, you're not heating any water and then, oh yeah, you know, I do want some hot water for this. It's like as a whistle work, should work good. So yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be nice for washing vehicles in the wintertime because I bring them into the shop and then I, I've got like a DeWalt cordless washer. So it's not super, it's not a pressure washer, but it's like a pressure cleaner. Call it that maybe. But doing that with hot water will do a good job of getting the dust off because when it's like minus 30, they shut the car washers down. Like this last winter, there's like two and a half weeks where not a car wash was open. And I can't, I can't do that. I need a clean car, you know. Right on. Anything else? Check your text again. Okay. Same thing. Damn it. Except that instead of uh, the H-E-I-C, it says JPEG. And it's a three megabyte now. And I can't download anything. Uh, Stupid. You may may have to email to me, Todd. All right. Because maybe the Canadian government doesn't want us to have you know, plastic straws, WD-40, and then text messages from our friends. It's good. It's good. I'm glad Glad we live here. Whoever the Canadian communications monitor is must have a man bun. Yeah, he probably does. (laughs) He says, I'm offended by this. How dare you? I know. (laughs) Right on. But anyway, it's four guys, pictures of four, three or four guys with man buns, and just under it is a row of... uh, uh, black trash bags tied up <laughs> with the handles you know, poking up. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You got to email to me now. I can't. I, I need to have that that picture in my life. <laughs> that's true. It actually makes sense. Hey. Yeah. That's funny. Right on. Well, thanks, Todd. It's a good podcast, and um, thanks to all our listeners for listening. And, uh, yeah, probably be back next week with another one. Absolutely. Right on. Take care. Have a good day.